we're here in a world where <laughs> we are i've been saving <laughs> horses red dead redemption 2 i'm just saying oh, it's good i was like i whisper to horses not uh, sponsored no by rockstar no but sponsored by some people on patreon yep yeah allison cindy brian this is not going to work if you and I keep switching back and forth. <laughs> I know. I just can't see the list. Chad? No, I forgot who I said. Debbie? Start over. <laughs> All right. Allison, Brian, Alan, Chad, Debbie, Cindy. Mm-hmm. Those fine folks are, they're our sponsors Yeah, on they, Patreon. They believe in us. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Um, we, <laughs> we did have a contest with the last. We did. And that was. That was uh, for a mug and a sticker. I yeah. believe, right? And the winner of that was Red's Worker MSNCOM on Instagram. Was it MSNCOM? MSNCOM. Hmm. Okay. Looking at it. Right. I'm going to trust you. <laughs> yeah, well. We I both did. have our own really separate notes. Me. We're Make not going to sure, share. Yeah. We'll share a podcast, well, but not yeah. notes. What are you, the defense, and I'm the uh, <laughs> your prosecutor here? Yeah, let's or be good cop, bad cop. Ooh, let's play good cop, good cop. Uh, yeah, so, but make sure right now, yeah. stop what you're doing. Unless you're driving, yes. and subscribe mm-hmm. right. to this podcast, we are eight amazing episodes in, and we're going to bring you so many more awesome ones. Yep. Yeah, so subscribe, rate us, mm-hmm. review us. Please. If your podcast app lets you do that, yes, it really helps other people find us. Oh yeah, I've had people see see the logo, and they're like, "Oh, that's you," and I yeah. was like, "Yeah, did you subscribe?" <laughs> uh, man, this one. Oh my gosh. What? Yeah. I had to, I just sat dumbfounded. It was crazy. <laughs> Chad and Keely, whom you've uh-huh. heard before on this podcast, uh, both were talking about this company that makes yep. coins. Mm-hmm. And I clicked on it, and it's a time, online time article about this company, Shire Post Mint, that yeah. makes coins almost yep. in my backyard. Pretty much. And so within <laughs> like an hour, because we live in the coolest community in the world, mm-hmm. we've set up an interview with these guys. So here's the really important thing about this episode. Very. We kind of raced to get this interview done <laughs> and get this podcast up mm-hmm. in time because they have a Kickstarter right now, Shire Post Mint on Kickstarter. It's the pre-conquest coins of Westeros. So if you're a fan of Game of Thrones or Song of Ice and Fire, Shire Post Mint is making a run of pre-conquest Westeros coins. Say that a lot real mm, yeah, fast. Really. It's not easy. Deep history here. But that's going until this Friday. So if you're listening to this Monday, it runs until November 2nd, which mm-hmm. would be the this Friday, yes. this Monday. Mm-hmm. Boy, time travel's tough. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, get on there, back this. The coins are absolutely fantastic. Yes. I can say without a doubt I have held the treasure of Westeros in my hands. <laughs> um, and it is one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. Yeah. And you will probably listen to Aaron and I, me especially, I think, geek yep. out over some <laughs> fantasy stuff for a little while. I just sit there. <laughs> well, you know. It was cool to hear. <laughs> right? Not going to lie. I was lost, but man, it I am found so now. Much yeah. fun. I will say this is another episode we're going through it. I had to cut a bunch of stuff, and I think I'm going to mm-hmm. throw up another one for Patreon. Yep. Like, just, there's probably about 40 minutes cut out of this, and I think that. Gosh. Um, there's some fun stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's maybe not totally pertinent to Shire Postman and what they're doing, but it was a f- super fun conversation. Helen uh, Maringer is just 
like was so gracious with oh, us man. stayed yeah. late at work we so that we could come and do late. oh yeah it was nuts we left um, at like 11 something o'clock <laughs> yeah for real they took us on the Thanks, best Tom. Sh- her dad came out after the interview and took us on the best shop oh, tour you'll see some of pictures all yeah. time oh. so we'll definitely have photos posted up on yep. the website short videos um, and i'm sure we'll be posting stuff on facebook and that's where yeah look what i did yeah on Facebook, Facebook yeah. definitely give us a like, follow our page. Mm-hmm. That's a great place to get information about what's happening, what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good. <laughs> this episode is going to be good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Put on your hats. We're riding to Westeros. Ooh. We're really riding to Shire Postman. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was magical. <laughs> and moons. So many oh, moons. Yes. Which we posted on our Instagram, I believe it was Friday or Saturday. Yeah. You know, a little, little thing about them with the moon coin. It was so, it's, it's really awesome. I can go hey, on. Hey, we and should on talk about it yeah. with Helen. Let's, let's right do that. Now. Right now. Enjoy. Well, I'm just going to hand her the cup. Uh, We're presenting you with the first ever guest gift. What? Yeah. It's a... This is awesome. Yeah, it's our mug. It's a coffee cup. I'll have a work mug? You'll have a work mug. Yes, you will. But that means that you have to start working. Oh. (laughs) Maybe that's why you don't have a mug. (laughs) Didn't you get me the one that was like... The office space one or whatever that was making fun, like world's best boss or something, but it was like super sarcastic. Maybe it was Matt mm. Campbell that got it for me. I don't know. I I don't think it was me, but maybe I just blocked it out of my mind. We're not big gift givers. No. But anyway, so we, we I actually, watch well, uh, I did wash it with Windex. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No ammonia though. Ammonia free. So it, should be, it should be relatively clean. I made them yesterday. <laughs> oh, no, was you... Would you eat Windex? I would imagine I mean, it can't hurt misting. you that much. And it was on the outside. It wasn't the inside. Yeah. It's one that's so, on the inside that counts. Yeah. It's not going to hurt my feelings if you just wait until later and yeah. run it through the But you can pretend. We well, tried. Well, well if you that. think it's clean, I'll totally drink out of it. I mean, I'm. it feels like it's clean enough. Ooh. We're we're recording video, right? <laughs> Forty five seconds still. Oh, it was an off. It wasn't Windex. Any serious it was an questions you have? Sorry. Oh no. <laughs> Great almonds. <laughs> oh, that arsenic. Cyanide. Sorry, mixed up uh, my poisons. Is it? I always thought it was arsenic. I thought cyanide was the flavorless, odorless, like. Well, but when the person's dead and they're decomposing, there's a smell of sulfur? almonds. Oh, almonds? I thought it was you taste almonds. Oh. I don't know. I just watched Arsenic and Old Lace a lot when I was a kid. That's the only reason. The small, the the smell with the other poison we were just talking about. I just watched Harvey. It's a hint of. Harvey was my Jimmy Stewart go to. That's a good one, too. Flight of the Phoenix. Um, What was it? Yeah, we handmade We're those. We're doing a podcast. Yeah. We we originally tried a vinyl thing, did not oh, work out. So yes. we've had more air than to sublimation, which <laughs> nice. makes a much better product that's in the awesome. end. Yeah. So yeah. So that's that is a permanent part of that mug. Actually, you're just our test audience, and you'll have to get back to mm-hmm. us in 30 days and let us know how that's that. Fantastic. I've never done <laughs> sublimation before, but it seems like there's lots of possibilities. It worked really well. I was mm-hmm. super happy with it. I only had two mugs fail out of the whole thing, which um, wow, you can. 
have I took one for myself. So if okay. you want the other one, I'll that take failed. one. Because it just ghosts a letter, like the ink shifts or something, and then mm. it doesn't quite. It like it looks blurry, right? Like mm-hmm. the ink slides on there or something. Because you have to like wrap it and then. What's a limited edition? Put it. It's very limited. Very two. And then the chipped one is one. It's one Ooh. of one. Ooh. We have a chip. That's a second. Like a Beauty and the Beast mug. Yes. It's an chipped. artist proof. So it is. Ab- Ooh, it's a pre-production model. It's a pre- nah, if you put it at artist proof, you can Artist proof sell is it. way better. Ooh, we should write on the bottom. Wasn't that the yeah, vinyl AP one we gave Alan? Oh, my gosh. The artist proof. Mm-hmm. That was Jesse's artist proof. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So. Thank you. Tell us <laughs> who you are and yeah. what you do. I am Helen Maringer. I'm the CEO of Shire Post Mint, and we make fantasy coins. Sweet. Very cool. So I literally <laughs> just found out about this two weeks ago. Last Not week? Even. Yeah, it was last yeah, week. Yeah, I think Something I talked like to you that. last week, maybe. So uh, the reason this crossed my radar, I had no idea that we had a, a fantasy mint in almost my backyard. I literally live 10 minutes away. I may show up to sweep the floor occasionally for <laughs> or whatever other thing you need. Um, but you guys were just in time? Yeah, we got a mention from Time Magazine online. I doubt it's going to show up in print, but it's still awesome. It's Time Magazine. It's time. You're my person of the year. Yeah. That's, that's can we just the get vote the, I'm can, giving. Are you getting copies of that so we can hand them out? I mean, digital. I can, I can go print it out. Yeah. Screen capture that. <laughs> Hello. Share. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, but... Time got onto this story before we did because they're actual journalists. But uh, so why we were on it pretty quick though? I mean, come I on. think pretty. Fa- <laughs> I think we are to Time Magazine as television news is to actual newspaper journalists. <laughs> 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 Almost there, only a little bit later. Yep, it's uh, really how it works. Um, but they contacted you because. You're you guys are in the middle of something pretty big. I'll let you do the reveal. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we launched a Kickstarter campaign for uh, coins from A Song of Ice and Fire, which is the series that inspired HBO's Game of Thrones. And we've been licensed with George R. R. Martin, the author of the original series, for about fifteen years. Oh wow! And what? so we're. Yeah, it's it's Ooh. a long-standing it goes way back. So 15 years ago was like at the start of him writing the most recent book, probably. No, <laughs> I think he had just starting it. Yeah, two of the books in the series, of which there are five out. You guys got on that really that quickly. Really 15 years ago. Yeah, like it wasn't really a thing. 15. I mean, it was, but not to the anywhere near what it's at now. It was oh, definitely geez, a no. popular fantasy mm-hmm. series, but yeah, it, not anything like. The phenomenon that we've seen. I mean, there really has never been a phenomenon phenomenon like Game of Thrones before. Lord of the Rings, I think, kind of set the stage for something like this. Right. And got everybody used to the idea of a major fantasy property, I guess. Something that can really support huge budget movies it made it more pop culture, like yeah. more accessible for the average. It took it from the nerd thing to like, oh, I'm going to go watch this massive opening weekend. I mean, Lord of the Rings won, 
I think an accurate count was one quadrillion Academy Awards. <laughs> Pretty like, much. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that also legitimizes it in a big way. And I think also, like, near that time, what, two years before Game of Thrones comes out, Iron Man does really, really well. And you mm-hmm. sort of get this, like, mm-hmm. the nerd world kind of it's building starts to take shape as, like, just general pop culture. Yeah. I think where everybody's into it. Yeah. Well, that's super cool yeah. that you guys were there then. So this one, though, when I looked at the Kickstarter, uh, which is running until November, November 2nd. S- okay. Whew. Coming up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to pledge. Um, <laughs> we're, we're sitting in your workshop, and it is just like fantasy island of coins for yep. me. I mean, so you guys have done a bunch of licensed things. Yeah. Yeah, so to back up a little bit, um, when Shirepostment started, it was just my dad, Tom Maringer, and he was a blacksmith for many years and ended up finding a coin press in someone's garage and making a piece of fan art coinage from the Shire. And that led to getting connected with George R. R. Martin. So he was our, he was the first license of Shirepostment. Okay. And they started, you know, just like one coin a year, started pretty slow, took about five years to get the Iron Coin of the Faceless Man design finalized. Um, But then the business took off around the time that HBO came out with Game of Thrones and it became such a sensational hit. You know, everything associated with that property became a lot more popular. Mm -hmm. And so my dad was able to quit his job as a geologist and do this full time. And him and my mom kind of figured out how to make money as a business doing this thing, (laughs) you know, figuring out retailers and eventually more licenses. Um, And my brother came on to be the engraver and help run the shop. And so it was after that point that they started collecting more licenses so, yeah, we've got Wheel of Time, which is a series by Robert Jordan. Uh, we just released Mistborn by Brandon Sanderson. And we were able to get The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien, which is completely the inspiration for the business because um, my dad is right. huge, huge Tolkien fan. Um, and so that's that a hard awesome. license to get, right? Like, Tolkien's not easy necessarily from a licensing standpoint, so I've heard. It's really complicated. <laughs> so, yeah, on licensing with that property and with it uh, and with Game of Thrones, it's actually split between two parties. Um, so we are licensed directly with George R. R. Martin for A Song of Ice and Fire, and we're not associated with HBO. And you can't actually get George R. R. Martin licensing anymore. It was kind of like your grandfathered in, in, kind of exactly. Yeah, um, and then for. The Lord of the Rings, it's split between the Tolkien estate and the live action films. And then... Just like Lionsgate, I think. New Line? New Line. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Yeah. Again, not associated with them, <laughs> so I don't have to know. Right. And then the other side of it is Saul Zantz and technically Middle Earth Enterprises. So they have the books which is what we were interested in gotcha the movies kind of don't matter to us we just wanted like book lore um 
so yeah, we're licensed with the uh we're licensed with the three Lord of the Rings books and then the Hobbit book. And we technically have access to the Hobbit animated films. Oh. If we wanted to use images from those, but I don't use many images, so right. Because <laughs> you guys come up with all of your own. Maybe I don't pay close enough attention when I'm reading these books, but I don't feel like very often the currency is described really, really. In I could see Patrick Rothfuss maybe like really describing yeah. a coin, you know, but most of them it's like just kind of naming it, right? Like paid with insert name of coin. But doesn't necessarily describe it. So how much of that is you guys and how much is from the property? It depends on the property, definitely. For Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, there were some coins that had pretty specific descriptions, like the Garth Garth the Twelfth Gardener hand coin. Um, it had a, a face on it that was kind of rubbed down because it was so old and had a hand on it so that was pretty obvious design like put those things on it (laughs) maybe put garth's name and the reach just some cool text and then some coins like pretty much everything from the lord of the rings um is completely designed by us and conceptualized by us so for that property we've got like a holly leaf coin from the land of Holland, um, which we shaped in a holly leaf shape that my, it actually came from a tree that was growing in our yard. And my dad scanned it and made a punch from that. I think I saw that in a packaging of coins over there. Okay. Yeah. I think I saw that over there. The copper version. That's really, so uh, do you guys just look at a lot of old coin? Like, where does the inspiration for a coin come from? It'll come from definitely old coins, um, as well as inspiration from the worlds, you know, trying to figure out how dwarf coins would aesthetically feel different from elven coins or coins of Rohan or coins from Westeros and Essos, you know, it's going to feel different from everywhere. Um, in, yeah, in the Song of Ice and Fire, like Westeros versus Essos coins. So Essos being the continent that we don't see a whole lot except for when Daenerys and, well, I don't want to get into spoilers, but like when Daenerys <laughs> is there, um, it has a much more like African feelings like Egypt and the Far East and so we'll look at designs that are a little less westernized right when we take our inspiration um there's a square coin that we make the Iron Bank of Bravos coin and we took a lot of inspiration from these really old square Babylonian coins and they look awesome I could try to describe them but <laughs> they've got like helmets on them and if like, you have do you have one text. here i have the we, iron bank coin if you well we can take a photo later and we can okay. put it up and that way people yeah. can see like what the because it really uh, aaron and i helen allowed us to walk around when we first got in which we probably could have just wasted all of our mm-hmm. podcast time doing yep. that because it really like 
it's overwhelming. I mean, there's a lot here, and I'm just looking at the boxes, and you can see little bits of coins sticking out of the bags and bags of coins. There's a part that's like, I wonder what that would feel like in my pocket walking out of here. <laughs> like, you know, a whole bag. Like, but I feel like I'm in there's something better than the Federal Reserve. This is like yeah. the Fort Knox of cool stuff. Yeah, and there's actually <laughs> stuff here, unlike Fort Knox. I'm not going to reveal the super <laughs> secret location. Yeah, right? Yeah, this is oh. this is backed by actual love. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this... if you see a bag of quarters, you probably know what those quarters are going to look like. But here, oh. you yeah, know, you everything. probably haven't seen no. a lot of them. And who'd have thought? It's just rows and rows of dragon singles, half dragon singles, star... I can't read the other part from here. This is singles, oddly reminiscent you know, of like, you reading a telephone book, except I'm mm, interested in what you're about yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we Memento probably have silver necklace. Probably have about 200 designs that we stock, and then at least 100 to 200 more that we don't make anymore. But you have dies for all of these. Is that how yeah. that works? Yeah. Right? So how the process goes? We design a coin, which of course is its own fun adventure. And then once we have a 2D design, my brother Woody will take it and engrave it. We have one machine that kind of assists. It's still a me mechanical manual machine, but it kind of does like a rough sketch into the metal. And then he uses traditional metalworking tools and engravers to sculpt the reverse. Uh, like a negative image. Yeah. Yeah. The negative of the coin image into tool steel, which is just an unhardened right. version of steel. Mm -hmm. And then once that's done and looks good, do some test strikes in indium, which is very, very soft metal. You can like bend with your hands. Oh. And also won't seep into your skin like, you know, mercury or something <laughs> like that. Oh. <laughs> So Who we'll, discovered that at Shire Post Mint? Oh, well, they no longer work here. <laughs> we don't use lead mm. coins anymore. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Those mad minters. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, there's an idea for something there. I don't know what it is, but mad minters Dementors. should be a... All right. So once the engraving is done, we'll temper the seal and harden it and then mount it in an antique coin press and pop in a blank, which is just a piece of metal that doesn't have anything on it yet. Um, and we'll, we'll make blanks by just running strips of copper or brass or iron or whatever metal we're using that day through a blanking press, which is like an industrial-sized cookie cutter for solid metals. Does it like squeeze it down and stretch it out, right? Like kind of like a pizza dough machine. I feel like I've we seen do have a like rolling that. mill. Okay, that will do that if our stock is too thick. Right, we can make it thinner. Can't make it thicker. Um, you can fold it over and then melt it. Well, then that's the whole blacksmith part. Of it, right? <laughs> yeah, mm. our furnaces. <laughs> to heat know. the house, not to make <laughs> oh, no, the coins have, and the. We have furnaces that obviously for tempering steel. Right, hardening at the. Do furnaces um. But melting something like copper is much harder, uh, much more difficult to get that temperature rather than like melting silver or tempering steel. Right. How, so how is every coin one at a time? Like, you, yeah. I mean, every coin here, somebody literally just pressed. I'm making a motion. Nobody can see. No. Just <laughs> there is a video of it pressed, on your uh, Instagram that I watched of these like sliding it in and there's these yeah. two little pieces that hold it in place and then it I mean this is as handmade as it gets 
Other, I mean, it would be more handmade if you know we hand engraved one. every single one. But mm. this way, we can offer you know a coin for ten dollars instead of a coin for thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> wow. It probably wouldn't be that much, depending on the design. I mean, it's Woody's <laughs> handiwork. I, you know, it's worth a thousand dollars. It's that's crazy. The dies that are though. Every dies are single coin is just yeah. I can't. I mean, because your inventory alone here is thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of coins it seems like i mean how like how many coins can you press in a day um it depends which machine we're running we have like 12 antique presses but only three that we really do manufacturing on um as far as just minting the coins a lot of them Mm -hmm. are used for like making holes and other little jobs but i think we can do like 20 coins a minute if we are really rolling. Oh, yeah, that's Groove. super. I would not expect mm-hmm. it to. I want to see this press. This, <laughs> this works totally differently than how I think it does in my in my head. It's this long, slow process of a compressing metal into a shape. We do a hydraulic press that is very slow, and we can only make like two coins, three coins a minute on that. So what's so, the advantage of that over? Just the amount of pressure. Okay, so do. if it's a harder metal or a thicker metal or something, it would be... Thicker is actually a lot easier to strike. Oh. Um, when you get really thin, there's not there's not many places for the metal to go, and you need a lot of metal to go up into the design. Because um, if you have a really high relief, meaning like, you know, the mountains and valleys are very steep, uh, you just need metal to go in there. Right. Um so you either have to do that with higher pressure or just more metal that you're squishing in. Gotcha. Because things like copper, they get work hardened really easily. So once you squish it, it heats up too it's a lot fast. harder. Interesting. That's so. I feel like we skipped a lot of time. Like my dad found a machine. Yeah. He made a coin yeah. randomly <laughs> for the heck of it, and then but... fast forward. <clears throat> I, mean, I mean, when did he get that machine? Twenty years ago. 2001. 17 so, years ago? Out, yeah. That's yeah. still a fast turnaround from like, I made a coin because I felt like it. P.S. I found a machine and decided <laughs> to learn how to do a whole new thing. Well, it helps if you're already a blacksmith. Yeah. So yeah. He had made... One then to land the George R.R. Because that's two thing, years like after 15 your first coin. years ago, even. It's like, yeah. It's still pretty close to the. How did, how did that, how did that cross? I assume that crossed Martin's desk, not. I'm not sure exactly how it went. I think there was a fan that had seen, you know, these fan art prototype coins that Tom made and was a fan of George R. R. Martin's books, in which he does write about coins, you know, the Iron Coin of the Faceless Man being the most obvious one. Um, And he said, hey, like this guy really is into currency and economic systems. It would make sense for you guys to chat. And back then, you know, George had a lot more free time. I don't know about free time, but definitely he was a lot more available. Yeah. For I bet like he probably that. had more free I mean, he wasn't doing oh, the same yeah. number of conventions and <laughs> wasn't speaking going to the engagements. Emmys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I'm sure there was, I, I'm still obviously a busy guy, but mm-hmm. a little bit more of a window of that's so, okay. But you, when we first sat down, you're the CEO of Shire Post. Yes. So, like, First of all, I think you're our first named um, 
CEO. Oh, yeah. So I'm just saying, congrats. And now you have a work mug. So you've really. uh, You've gone up. We're so proud of you. I need some pants. (laughs) Whoa. At first, I thought it was going to end at pants. I was like, um, (laughs) need some pants. This isn't a Skype podcast. Uh, We expect everyone fully clothed when we start. Just a thought. you made it almost sound like sort of an overnight thing, right? Like all of a sudden, like Game of Thrones takes off, and then we were there, and so it just kind of happened. But I guess that is a summation of fifteen years, <laughs> right? It, well, right? How long like, has the series more been time. out there? Well, it's been on eight the air years. for eight years. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so that's what I'm saying is like, wow, you guys, where were you selling this before the show happened? It was just. Um, Shirepost.com, which is still our online store. It looked mm-hmm. much different back then. Um, but yeah, it would be, you know, one sale a week, maybe two sales a month, something like that, um, before the show happened. And then, yeah, it just kind of took off to the point where my dad couldn't do it just on the weekends anymore. And they were able to get retailers, which is been i think the biggest thing for us as far as moving forward as a business like getting retailers has really helped shelf space yeah yeah Yeah, like be able to hire people it's hard to well and i mean i'll be honest i had no idea this existed up until a week ago you know like it'd be and we've experienced a little bit of that and just how do you get in front of an audience and kind of like let people know what that your product's available and i can definitely see that being an issue and you at least have a physical product to get at what like are you guys in retailers now yeah our, where our biggest retailers barnes and noble nice All no that's a country. big catch oh yeah that's really good yeah. huge yeah. yeah that's awesome it was kind of my first job when i got here um because they had secured a meeting somehow i don't know how they did that so don't ask me that um but they had secured a meeting with a buyer from barnes and noble and we had just gotten the rights for Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to release those and didn't have packaging for them. So, yeah, my first job was to create packaging for this set. But also I took on just redoing packaging for everything. So if you see like calligraphy style, like Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones, I did that like out there on that porch um never done calligraphy in my life but i just felt like i wanted to do something handmade here we are the ish point the ish point yeah, yeah. we're ish. at the ish point right mm-hmm. that's just what it um, is man you, like <laughs> the, we're not even to the good part yet nope no it's like hang around and you'll hear about like what fantasy world I want to live in, what fantasy world Helen wants to live in, and Aaron discovering what fantasy means. <laughs> <laughs> and that I have not been living in one this whole time, apparently. Maybe right. I was in a fantasy thinking I was living in a fantasy. Oh, man. Uh, so, like, at most recent episodes, you get to hear some names at the beginning of the podcast, and oh. those are people who have really shown support for the show Yeah, by... Um, Pledging as little as a dollar a month. And Mm -hmm. the cool thing is they get access to extra content. Yeah. So this episode, actually, it was another one of those ones where we talked for a while. um, And I I had to make some cuts out Mm -hmm. of that. And I think you're definitely getting probably the most pertinent stuff to Shire Post Mm -hmm. Mint. But 
getting to hear Helen talk about what Westeros yes. and her knowledge of the history of this place, it wow. was crazy. You know, it's no wonder they are licensed. Yeah. Like, I mean, she knows it. Licensed. Like, yeah. I think Martin might call her <laughs> to find out what's going on sometimes. It is super mm. nuts. But anyway, I think I'm going to make this whole, I'm definitely going to make this whole episode available mm. on Patreon. So if you if you want to get access to that whole thing, head on over to Patreon, click a couple buttons, and you'll have access to uh, some interviews that nobody else has access to, some photos, and some other cool little tidbits. Um, and that's the other thing, too, is like Aaron and I do this podcast because we love it. This is... Yeah. I look forward to the interviews every week. I look forward to the episode coming out. Um, But at the same time, it's also not free. There's definitely a cost with (laughs) with putting this thing together. Mm -hmm. And so Patreon is a great way for you guys to show your support for the show and really help us continue to do this thing and continue to spread um, just the love of the creators in our community and in Mm -hmm. in the place around us as as broadly as possible. It's a great perspective from the creator's perspective. I mean, that's... It's it's awesome. I think it really it's a conversation is. you don't always get. No, not at all. So uh, patreon.com forward slash look what I did. Mm-hmm. Hit us up there. And with that, let's head back to conversation with Helen Maringer from mm-hmm. Shire Post Mint. And I think we're about to find out what her fantasy world pick would be if she had to live mm. in a place. Yes. That was fantastic. That was and moons, so many yeah, moons. Coins. Oh, they're beautiful. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, guys. All right. Continue. I assume you read fantasy. Oh, you yeah. seem, mm-hmm. So, like, when I read it, you kind of get in your mind what the characters look like and kind of probably how they sound. But I think that there's some readers that, like, really see that world play out in their head and really start to feel it in a more mm-hmm. sensory way and a lot of I don't know how to describe this but I think like you have a, an amazing this interesting power of like you're determining what a physical object from that world is going to feel like in my hand you know yeah. and like that's a like like that a weird powerful. little piece of disneyland mm-hmm. I don't know how to say <laughs> well, this it's like, like it's it makes it real cuz that's like you grow up and even a small party view as an adult or me anyway it's like wolverine could be real you know, yeah. but it's like you have that coin. It's like, well, what if? I well, mean, that's just the. But you know, me, like when when they come back from Narnia, not, but, and like there's mm-hmm. that. I don't know if this specifically happens in Narnia, but that like was it a dream? Oh, I have my token. I guess it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's that weird little like we walked in. And it was just like, oh my gosh, it's yeah. so real. Like, well, and this it's a real us. thing, like a physical thing that you can take and yeah. have in your pocket. Or but hold it's it. very real. It's just yeah. fictional. But I yep. think there's what. Something to be said too of like <laughs> if I picked it up and it was plastic or it oh, was yeah. too light or mm-hmm. you could feel a, like you guys don't, ca- well, I assume don't cast. We don't. Right. Never cast, never play. So there's no casting line or, you know, like there's not a mold line or something. But I think if you picked it up and it felt like a prop, does that make sense? Like it felt like a stage prop kind of thing. Yeah, then like, it would be like, like a rubber knife. Okay, here's <laughs> like plastic money from Walmart. You know, like, yep, <laughs> like yep. If, play you, money. if you pick it up and it's like, oh, well, okay. So it, it, it was a letdown, but it's just a trinket, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Ooh, and a chotsky. Chotsky? Chotsky. Chotsky, yeah. Chotsky. Yeah. Chotsky. Yeah, coins are something that we've all experienced our whole lives. Yeah, so we know how it should feel. Like, yep. I think there are very few cultures around the world that don't have coins. So in a way, it's this kind of worldwide language. Mm-hmm. Like, you look oh. at a coin, 
and you see what's on there and yeah. you know that that's important whether yep. it's the ruler whether it's a god whether it's some symbol that represents an ideal that is integral to this culture and the text probably says something about what it's worth or where it's from or again some inspirational statement mm -hmm. sort of legitimizes any thought that you had about the fantasy part in it being real too it's yeah. like ooh i think you're just remaking my point that it's such mm -hmm. a foundational thing and you guys get it right i mean just in the experience yep. that i've had like you guys get it right and not because i'm sitting here talking to you like Nailed it. like yeah. it Oh, we do. We it, get it right. Yeah. yeah well, hey, no, I really And we're humble. 100% do. <laughs> and uh, what? <laughs> She's humble. They're humble. Oh, I was like, like I didn't say anything that wasn't humble. not no. humble. I don't I'm know what's I, know. I, was, I am usually I'm a very humble this person. whole part yeah. out. No, it's <laughs> okay. No, but you guys definitely it's get it right. Confident. But I think to your point, you know when something like that is fake, right? And, mm -hmm. and there is this, it is this talisman of we all kind of secretly wish that our fan, our favorite fantasy world was a real place. Right. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I would, yeah. Um, well, I would not survive in any of them probably, but I, you know, oh, if you were Wolverine, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> okay. But I would, Superman. somehow I always make it in as myself and make it as myself. We're but screwed. in reality, okay. So my fantasy world, <laughs> Ooh, we're supposed to be the ones asking questions. Uh, mm. so I'm an, I'm an old school Xanth fan. Ooh. Um, and I love puns, so. But I've I'm. I like how uh, Patrick Rothfuss has realized his world. Yeah. And. So I'm extremely like I'm drawn to I don't know I mean, I, but I really like the Mistborn stuff. Mistborn's cool <laughs> if if. If you had Alimantic powers. Yeah, right? if I had yeah. Alimantic powers. If I'm just living there, it's going to be kind of not cool. Um, although, I would say, like, the the second run I of really it. I really like the second series. Yeah. The Max and Wayne series. And I would totally, because it has that kind of Western with a little bit of magic. Like, that's cool. Mm -hmm. That probably hits all my, like, high notes for me. Yeah, they're you, getting Aaron? into some cool, like, science. <laughs> I like the Oathbringer and... Brandon so Sanderson. The, the Brandon Sanderson yeah. stuff, yeah. Brandon yeah. Sanderson, and that, what up? That's such a good, that's such a <laughs> good. Oh, can I live in uh, Chicago and I'll just live with Harry Dresden? <laughs> I, mean, I think you can go live in Chicago right now. I don't, yeah. <laughs> well, I've gone to Chicago a lot of times and I have yet to run into any like frat werewolf packs or... <laughs> Fairies. Well, Chicago's pretty big. Or mm. I walk yeah. around a lot, hoping that I'm gonna. Yeah. So what's yours? So I'm. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with. Yeah. I don't. I didn't even stick with anything. I think I'm gonna stick with the Blacks and Wayne series. <laughs> so many. That's a really good one. I'd say that's very high on my list. Probably more than like the original Mistborn trilogy. Because that one's rough. Like if you're not part of the There's elite upper class, you're, you're in, in trouble. Elite, like you might get murdered. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of power struggles. I feel like things have kind of settled down by the time we get to Wax and Wayne era. Well, they've just definitely gotten mixed up, but cool, cool science gadgets. Um, but I really like American Gods. Mm. That would be fun to. But that's of... kind of here. Yeah, but I guess like to stumble upon. You just want that to be real, mm. sort of like me and Harry Dresden. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely gravitate to like fantasy realism stories. Those are some of my favorites. 
Which is Game of Thrones 100%, right? Like, Well, I wouldn't say it's fantasy realism. Like, that's fantasy. When I say uh, fantasy realism, I guess I'm talking about, like, real world oh, okay, with gotcha. this extra yeah. magical element in the way that American Gods is. Like, I mean, Good maybe omens. that's my own Good version of fantasy realism. Like, Gabri- Gabriel Garcia Marquez is, like, quintessential fantasy realism. Yeah. So in the current Kickstarter, you guys, it, when I looked at it, you guys are, yeah, you like that segue? It wasn't there. Um, <laughs> that was very abrupt, but good. But we're talking. Yeah, so. we're talking. Yeah. No, we haven't stopped our, our conversations really do just kind of wander around to yep. whatever. So uh, you said questions. Three. But you guys, you say it in a very specific way because it's a pre, it's pre the world that we as a general audience know, right? Yeah, so it's, it's pre-conquest what caused the interest of going back in time that way? So it was kind of a lot of things, but it was really clarified actually by a podcast. A little podcast. <laughs> um, they're was, great. They're, they are I love great. them. Yeah. I was driving to see my boyfriend who lives four hours away from me. So it's a long drive. And I was really fretting about figuring out how to make this series of coins cohesive because we knew we wanted to expand the line of coins and kind of fill in the gaps. Right. But it was not clear, like, as a whole set, what that would be. It was kind of just piecemeal, like, this coin from this person and, like, this one from over here and this one. I think it kind of makes sense. And I listened to this podcast, Hardcore Game of Thrones, which is a parody of Hardcore History. (laughs) But the first episode was just like an overview of the history of Westeros and Essos. And it was so cool. And I got so into it. And it just made it really clear, like, oh, we just got to start from the, from the beginning and then go from there. So ideally, this is just going to be like installment number one. And then and we're going to move going. forward. Do you, so when you have that idea, do you just come back and you're like, okay, guys, we're going to do this. And Woody's like, uh, we what? <laughs> I, I have to engrave I mean, they... how many coins from scratch? <laughs> We've been planning on doing this for at least a year. Um, it's, I do have to do a lot of work to, um, you know, like write the concepts out and find the artists. That was super fun. I actually worked with, one artist who lives here in Northwest Arkansas in Fayetteville, Maggie Ivy. Shout out, Maggie. And she was huge in like helping me narrow down concepts and create like a schedule, <laughs> something that. Um, As a CEO, you should have. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but just making sure. Or at sure, least like, an assistant who's going to have a schedule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, figuring out a schedule so we can actually get this done on time. And the date of this Kickstarter was definitely like reverse engineered from potentially the air date of the next season of Game of Thrones because that's always like our biggest, other than Christmas, it's like our big sales season for right, Game of Thrones. Right, that makes like, sense. When yeah. the show's mm-hmm. running. Because, yeah, you, you get really into the show and then you're like, I want to buy all the things. And then we're there. So you mean this is a business? You're actually trying to generate sales and yeah, yeah we're all <laughs> this trying. This isn't to eat. just a fun thing. Yeah, <laughs> just trying to pay the you know it's fine, mm-hmm. pay the mm-hmm. staff. Uh, 
yeah it helps that it's a fun thing like mm -hmm. yeah I, I think i could enjoy you know selling other things but and this is kind of a family business right i mean oh, it's pretty much yeah. all just family yeah, right now we I have could... one full-time employee who's not family um maybe you could adopt great. them you could just adopt yeah them. I, think, I think we can it's definitely probably... do that yeah but other than that yeah it's my dad tom my mom peggy my brother woody and me and then my sister cassie will fly from portland to like some shows that we do to help out plus it's like an excuse to see my sister yeah which is really family cool. reunion. that's good that's a, yeah yeah but so we lost the train here but you come back with an idea i know we're oh, terrible right. about it <laughs> no it's come back with an idea and it sounds like you actually do like in my head it was like hey we need to make the half dollar equivalent coin right for westeros here you go I think it should probably have a guy on it. But it sounds like you actually do way more of... So Woody doesn't even necessarily design the actual image. You have an artist that may do the, the image, and then Woody's carrying that over into an engraving aspect or collaborative kind of... Kinda... Yeah, there's lots of ways that we have done that in the past. Uh, for this project in particular, I wrote art briefs, which is the first time I'd done that. Um I don't know what an art brief is. It sounds like art with underwear. This yes. is it's, something that my artist it's asked Calvin Klein. for. <laughs> oh, and this sounds very professional. Yes, Do tell. She is very this, professional. This sounds very CEO-y. <laughs> so an art brief will be... Pantsuit time. <laughs> Putting on my pantsuit right now. <laughs> okay, there you go. Let's get up. Oh, wait, pantsuits. Do they have the first? Now, now we're just doing radio plays. I think yeah. <laughs> we need ding, a foley artist. <laughs> hey, Helen, I'm over here. Ding, ding. Put on yep. your pantsuit. We're gonna go. Oh, I don't know where I'm going with this. All right, so <laughs> 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 we're gonna go to the horse races later. <laughs> she here. This is so not fantasy. Now it's just weird. <laughs> 1920s. It's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that fantasy? Oh, if you're on well, the holodeck. Yeah. What? Star Trek reference. Well. <laughs> anyway, an art brief. So Red an mind. art brief. <laughs> yeah, art brief. An art brief is basically a description of the art that you want. And so uh, for the 11 different coins that we made for this series, uh, or designed for this series, I had like any text that I wanted, um, any descriptions of the coins that already existed, which... I don't think any of them actually did for this. So that was useful or not. Um, I would include images of ancient coins that I liked, you know, some element oh, of that. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Like either the way that they were engraved or like some sort of a reference to this thing. Um, like for the Iron Islands coin, you know, I found like lots of octopi on them just because, oh man, it's so much fun to look at really old coins. Some of the design styles are just delicious. Do you just have like a stack of books somewhere with like photos of coins that you sometimes flip through, or do yeah. you just do online research when you get an idea? It's mainly online. We definitely do have bunches of books with images. I mean, you seem like a reader. I don't want to make any assumptions, but <laughs> what? <laughs> There's a, a what? couple couple clues got dropped. Mm -hmm. It is very useful that the internet just has like full color, really nice quality pictures of. Mm awesome coins from all over the world it's really easy to find them get that google foo it is a great re <laughs> google foo t-shirt have you not heard that google foo no, no. 
I've always well, li- yeah, I definitely came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> you could have told us that, and yeah. you did, and we would hold believe on. What you. was that again? I'm gonna look this up. Google foo. <laughs> uh, on Google. So there's there's a myriad of ways that you get to final design. Yeah, um, but for this, I you know gave final artistic interpretation to the artists. Right. Um, there were some designs that I knew, like. I know I want a star. I know I want this guy wearing a helmet. Another one I was like, um. A thing? <laughs> this is a cool story. That, th- I just want this coin to exist. Neat... I don't care what it looks like. <laughs> Make it, it happen. Yeah. And then they do and it's awesome. Yeah. It, this is the coolest. Yeah. This is, have you guys ever been approached by, by a production to, to create like, prop coinage for anything no we haven't had our coins featured in like any film or tv series we're definitely open to it the prop replica world i think we're not really well suited for it like for example on hbo um their version of the iron coin of the faceless man is very different from ours right ours is like the size of a quarter there's like at least a half dollar size and like, like a challenge coin almost size it's big yeah and yeah. very thick and it has this like profile of a guy with like a slash through his face and i mean there are a lot of things that i could say about it um but our coin wouldn't have shown up on screen at all yeah. right. so it absolutely makes sense thing. that they so. made it the way that they did and like their prop team is awesome i'm definitely not trying to Oh yeah. Well, and I think if like anyone from the HBO Props team listens to this, I'm not trying to. No, no, no. There's, no. A, di- there's a difference between like a moment when I throw a bag of money uh-huh. and a coin falls out on the ground, and you barely see it, and then a hero prop, like something yeah. that's like yep. center stage of a shot, right? And so that would be yeah. something a little bit different. But when you look at my mind, there's always going to be a thing I try to reference that I can't remember. Um, what a workshop yeah. when they were doing all the stuff for the Lord of the Rings. That chain mail, a lot of that was handmade, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Like they took some serious time, and that's where I could see mm-hmm. those intricate details get, that matter right. to the person. That's like I'm sure Peter Jackson was like, "Nope, it's got to be this, right?" And no that's rubber. No I could see whatever. that kind of yeah. production, maybe like more film, probably less TV. Yeah, mm-hmm. doing something. Although more the budgets like on that. some of these episodes, oh yeah, well, but like, it, I mean, it still pales in know. comparison to mm-hmm. oh, the well, Lord yeah. of the Rings budget, but yeah. That's I mean, where I could just see it happening. If it was a coin that we already made and they just wanted to like license the use of the images, right. that's super easy. Um, it's harder if they want us to... Manufacture you know, something whole cloth. Yeah, because yeah. that's just going to get super expensive for them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if they were selling they, them... They, Hollywood has money. Yeah, but... Dirty secret. They... If you're Marvel. <laughs> yeah. And if the, no one's pirating movies. If you're Disney. <laughs> but you spend most of that money on people. Mm-hmm. They'd be spending on you. And, and pantsuits. And metal. And metal. I don't know. I metal. I have friends who work in the film industry, and I'd rather them get paid yeah, no, than it's me. Fair. You know? it's, like, it's, yeah. sound mixers, what up? <laughs> <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought. I'm in that weird yeah. spot. So do you carry a... Like a notebook around to do you sketch some of these things out like your ideas or are you just like verbally? 
there's only there's only a few ideas for coins that I would really actually sketch out and my sketches would just be for reference for the designer. Here's a circle. Uh, It should be circular. That's a coin, you say. (laughs) Pull out quarters and start drawing circles around, like just outlines. It'll look roughly like this. Yeah. With some cheese in the middle. I traced a quarter. (laughs) (laughs) That looks oddly penny-sized. Yeah, Yeah. just, you know, good memory. The, The funny thing is, like, you joke, but when I doodle, like, I just doodle circles mainly. So I mean, you got it. That's what I would do. What do you dream about? <laughs> coins? It's like you ever wake up and like... Oh, I definitely have yeah. coin-based work dreams. Mm. I don't even know how A that lot would, of them are email. What, what's been but... like... Have you, What has been probably like just the most like fun kind of one-off because you guys do other coins like right now you have moon coins oh my gosh we have moon coins i am so into this freaking moon i'm yeah i'm really really excited about the moon coins so for this um my brother's been wanting to do this for a long time uh we got 3d files of the moon's surface the near and the far side fun fact it's called it's often called the dark side of the moon not because it's always dark, but just because we never see it. Right. Because we're always facing the same mm-hmm. side of it. Same face of the moon because of a phenomenon known as tidal locking. Oh. I've been learning a lot of moon facts this week. Somebody's <laughs> Google Foo wandered off of coin <laughs> research. And, uh... <laughs> Did you know the moon is not spherical? It's more shaped like an egg. Hmm. I didn't see, know I that. I heard that about the Earth, kind of. No, we're like a week. squished thing. Well, kind of, but it's got a weird shape to really? the to well. YouTube. It's I have a weird shape. Slight. Yeah. It's no, it's yeah, it's, oh. it's, it's more like it's a not. like a contact Heather lens. Heather says it's flat. <laughs> it's not flat, it's like a contact lens with this earthy bit hanging off the bottom. <laughs> um, <laughs> can we get back uh, anyway, to the moon type yeah, moon coins? Yeah, actual mm-hmm. moon, real semi spherical moon. Uh, so we've got this design laser engraved. He normally just engraves everything by hand, but for this of course, it's really important to have it be accurate. Right. Yeah. Um, and we figured out the the scale too. I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but it's like. So this is this one hundred one to one scale of the moon. No, no, no. It's like <laughs> we're gonna need a bigger it's pocket. Like one to put million that coin to one in. scale. Yeah. <laughs> but we do have this tri- a giant coin yeah, rolling just roll through it the in. background. Whoa. I don't know if it would roll as much as just like a wobble. In- I guess it would wobble. Oh. Be stuck in the circle. You've you never having... had an egg roll off the counter. Are you talking about the size of the moon? Yeah, yeah. I think that would be one to one scale. It wouldn't it? tear that the would sea like... from the anyway. <laughs> Ooh, apocalypse. Okay, so we've established yes. the coin is not one to one scale. Yeah, not a one to one. It's more like a two to one scale, apparently. So you're saying right, this so... is a fantasy podcast after yeah. all? Yeah, it's a fantasy podcast. Can we make it whatever real. size we yeah. want? Anyway, maybe I have Mary Poppins pockets. You don't know. No, I mean, this is all made up. We've, Would we've, Mary Poppins okay. be able to fit the moon in her pocket, though? She mm. could fit it in that bag, yeah. that if carpet that's bag. It right there on the table, yeah. Ooh, is that the... Anyway, this could go all kinds of ways. Yeah. That would just be a weird... That's where... Uh... I can totally see a moment where Mary Poppins like pulls a, a globe out of her purse and throws it in the sky, and it's the moon. You don't see that oh, moment happening? That would be beautiful. Yeah, There's a new Mary Poppins fits. movie I think I just oh called a future gosh. scene. You know what happens, If that though, scene happens in the damn. movie... Yeah. Sue him. Well, uh, one pocket has that stuff. The other pocket has the re- the second movie to Interstellar. 
Like, you're ready to come out. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. All right. I don't, okay. I don't that, know why I made that joke, and it wasn't worth it. But anyway. Mine was. Okay, so a moon, and you figured out the scale, and it's probably closer to one million to one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, looks like the freaking moon. Uh, we're making copper ones and silver ones in like one inch, which is a little smaller than a quarter, and then one and a half inch, which is like larger than half dollar size. Yeah. Now, are these in conjunction with First Man or First Man on the Moon? No, for well, that movie First Man, right? Oh, Ryan you just happened yeah. to time it with that movie coming well, out just the because the 50th it's... anniversary of the moon landing is next July. I thought you were gonna say the 50th anniversary of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about it before that. That's <laughs> what that is. Yeah. 50 years ago, I'm not 50 years old. Mary what are you Poppins, talking about? Mary Poppins opened a bag and threw oh the moon God. in the That's sky 50 was. years ago. <laughs> wow, timeline checks out. Way to go. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> you'll probably get taken off Full of the circle. time. Website uh, now for this interview. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so, so Woody just had wanted to do this for a while, and yeah, found somebody who had the equipment, um, and that he felt comfortable working with. And yeah, they did a couple. Well, they did one version, and it wasn't quite right. So he hand worked some of the dyes to like get the highlights and the low lights right perfect and it looks really they look really cool fantastic. and yeah. i i will say the first time i looked at it i was like well i guess it wouldn't be that hard to make a moon coin just make something that looks like uh, craters and whatever mm. and there you've got a moon coin but it's really really neat that it's, it's actually yeah. an image of it. so is one side of the coin the side we see and then the other side is the title lock keep away oh yeah <laughs> yeah, so the far side of the moon, the images of it are fairly rare. They do exist, um, but now you can like study the moon. It was really fun today. Woody and I were looking at some article about like NASA images, and we figured out that whatever this promo image was that CNN made, it was like a fake moon. They used like part. Of Photoshop the far stuff. side of the moon and like part of the near side of the moon, but in a way that they wouldn't ever show up next to each other. Oh, that's it was cool. like this weird collage. But we knew that because we were literally looking at these moon coins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's gonna be somebody though that's gonna be looking at CNN and be like, oh, Shire Post Mint didn't get it right. CNN has the <laughs> oh, <laughs> fake coins. Yeah. Fake coins. Yeah. I don't want to go. We're talking about the Queen's coins. Uh <laughs> no, that's a really is, good yes. point. I'm sure someone will have some problem with it. But, but if it you're a listener of good. our podcast, yep. you will know that this is an accurate reproduction of mm-hmm. the moon's surface. Yes. Flat. Yeah. So for flat earthers, I guess this will be an accurate reproduction of the moon. <laughs> Are they flat mooners too? Yeah, I get it. Right. <laughs> Honey mooners. <laughs> I don't know, Heather. Are you a flat mooner as well? That was a joke earlier. Huh? Yeah. She does not believe in flat <laughs> earth or moon, I guess. I don't know. Right? She said it. Anyway, well, uh, so is like so you guys have some just kind of passion project coins, obviously. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. what what's been your favorite so far? Is it the moon? I mean, the moon's good. <laughs> There's a whole room full of favorites. I bet. Um, I had a really good time with the Mistborn coins that we released last year. Mm-hmm. So that was just a, such a fun project. I can totally see eleven-year-old me or twelve-year-old me getting. Mm. 
some of these coins from a fantasy land and just that like you're still able to believe that's real right like that yeah. maybe like these somehow are from that place and like just yeah. the hope and the excitement that that gives somebody right like i mean i felt a little bit of that just walking in the room yep. but as like that age where fantasy is just like a hazy curtain away from reality right like if everything goes right, you could step over into Narnia at any given second. That's every, that's, <laughs> yeah. that was your or my hope when we were 10 or 11 oh, and maybe still yeah. right now. Um, yeah. just saying, but, uh, <laughs> Side tangent, have you read the magicians by Lev Grossman? It's really good. No, but I've watched the, okay. yeah, great. I've watched like two seasons of it. So the book's really good. too. Are you, are you going to make coins for, Oh my God, I want you so bad. <laughs> Is that a that's, tough one to get a hold of? I, that's like the, one of the ones that I really want. I don't think anybody else here would care. But that and like anything Neil Gaiman, that's what I want. And uh, Neil Gaiman would be. There's some, there's some. You need to make a good omen, bad omens card or coin card, coin. Could I have them on the both sides. Yeah, little <laughs> angel and demon. We do have an angel and demon coin, and it's awesome. It's so awesome. Does it I say good omens like, on it? It says be good or stay evil. Oh, oh, that's a good slogan. Have you, have you ever made a two-face coin? No, Noble Collection has made a two-face coin. They've also made the Harry Potter coins, which is like the number one thing that people ask us if we make. R.I.P. We can't make Harry Potter coins. Um, yeah, they make lots of properties. I don't know replicas. if I'd be sad. You guys have a lot of properties that are hot commodities. You, yeah. Harry You've... Potter would be bigger than I. Oh yeah, I mean probably sure. all combined, but like because everybody's read Harry Potter, but. You, and you that scene really cool when he ones, like though. first opens his safe and he oh, sees all that money, like yeah, that's I think that's in all of our minds forever. Yeah, so like I get fair. it. That's fair. <laughs> and yeah, I would love to do that too, but it's complicated. Magicians. Oh, love grows with. You can get that one. Call me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna. You heard it here audience first. Yeah. For this to work out. <laughs> uh, oh. That's where everyone else comes in, right? <laughs> yeah. The listeners, yeah. What would be your your coin? Like if My every coin. person had a coin, okay, it was like, this is Daniel's story. coin, right? Like, or this is Helen's coin. What would your coin be? Okay, well, it's funny you bring this up because apparently I didn't even remember this weirdly, but when I was like 12, which would have been like a year after my dad bought that first press, um, he actually made me like a Helen coin that I gave to my friends when i was 12 or 11 um and they remembered it and they're like oh my gosh i still have your like helen's friend coin and i think it had like a clover on it or something like h mm -hmm. I, d I don't even have any. <laughs> so i guess rare that's collectible what it would be. that's yeah no, but you can make your own coin now yeah it's weird that i've never thought about that well, I would like an art brief by okay. Friday. I think that's critical. Yeah, if uh, shouldn't we, everybody have their own coin that like this is your? It's better than a card. It's like hey, mm -hmm. pling, <laughs> like flip it up to them. Yeah, hey, instead of making business cards, we'll just make business coins. Yes, that's probably Sounds totally cost effective. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean. It's a couple cents, but we make business coins for ourselves, and 
Do you really? Yeah. There's well, a Shire of post. Of course we do. That Come is amazing. <laughs> I really thought I was inventing something, and that now I'm sad <laughs> that that's Heather not. Has. Actually, she has one. So, like, on your business coin, is it actually like a business card information, or is it just it has our website? Say Shire... It oh, says Shire Post. That's a good idea. And it has a cool dragon on it. Uh huh. We should get a picture of one of those, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Also, I need a coin press at my. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you? Here we, we go. We have a bunch. I don't think you actually want one. They're oh, very heavy and you... very large. I love large. So he has, heavy he has equipment. friends that help um, carry stuff. Yeah, apparently. Do you want I... a letter press? <laughs> uh, we'll talk after the podcast. Jimmy Duresta. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I really, I have a problem with like. Oh, I want to learn how to do the. So mm-hmm. that's how this started. Actually, yep. was like we. <laughs> We do our own thing, right? And it was like we had talked for a while about doing a podcast, and it was like, hey, nobody wants to listen to Aaron and I talk about what we do, but it, there's uh, other do. actually. T- <laughs> there's other. Act- I mean, we listen to each other all the time, but point uh, or talk over each other all the time, but all <laughs> <Aww>, friends. <laughs> but like, if we bring if we bring people like you in, like everybody wants to hear about Helen and Shire Post Mint and doing this thing, right? You know, like and. Mm-hmm. But it was also just this really cheap excuse for us to be like to learn how to do other stuff. Mm. Realistically, there are some things that like obviously you're not gonna be able to go yeah, do no. the people we talk to are, all right, you guys are just so talented at what you do and mm-hmm. right, like so you're not gonna do it actually. But a big part of the original the origination was if somebody wanted to get into this, right? Like whatever the the thing we're talking about might be that this would give you some insight into kind of like the thought process that gets you to where you are today. Um, the thing, the passions that drove you to doing a thing, you know, like it sounds like your dad just really had a love for metal and metalworking and old things and Lord of the Rings and those things kind of converged and you get this moment, you know? And, uh, and that was where it started was like, I would love to have access to, like, where do you start? You know, when you look at something, mm-hmm. like whether it's knife making or leather work or drawing or silversmith or whatever, um, sometimes you're just like, I don't even know where to start. Like, I don't know what uh-huh. it takes to get into it. And you walk into somebody who has 12 presses and a whole operation. It's like, well, I, I can't yeah, start you're not there, it you know? The like, beginning. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're seeing um, it 10, 15 years down the line. So that's mm-hmm. definitely, that's, yeah. so that being said, if somebody wanted to, wanted to try to make, coins right like mm-hmm. what would your suggestion be to them i would say start looking on ebay and that's probably the best place to find like really old tooling and machinery but you can find things like dies um blanks and hammers probably pretty cheap so would you suggest like hand shaping coin is like i mean if we're talking about bare basics like Mm -hmm. affordable entry for some because some people aren't going to have room for a big machine right yeah Yeah. so and and if you're doing things like you know hand stamping something like copper which is pretty soft right or silver which is even softer um we actually use um 999 silver which is like sterling silver is 925 meaning it's 92.5 silver and the finer silver is actually softer, which is more difficult to work with for jewelry making. You don't want it that soft. But it's easier for coin stamping. Um, Good to know. 
but yeah, if you just bought a design that was already made or you like hired somebody like Woody to engrave a design for you, you know, you could just put a metal blank in between those and with a really big hammer, just do one coin um, at a time. It's the scale that really increases your costs. Like if you want to do production and sell these to make your living, you're going to want right. that's a, different a big machine. Thing, though. Yeah. yeah, that's mm-hmm. a different thing. I, I'm thinking like, because my first thought would almost be like casting. Mm. I'm not the expert. That's why we came to you. But I would assume that really the trick to making coins is ultimately the design. I mean, you touched on it earlier with like mm-hmm. it speaks to the culture that it's coming from, what's important to them in symbolism, uh, important phrases, right? Those types of things. Like what makes your coin so amazing and just looking around is that there was a lot of thought in the design, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's not just putting a shape into metal. It's why that shape is in that piece of metal. Yeah. And so, like, would I just practice engraving, maybe? Like, to be able to do that element of... Because I feel like that would be a relatively low entry, comparatively. Yeah, there are a lot of engravers that we work with, actually. Um, So they'll engrave the dies and then send them back to us, and Mm -hmm. we'll make the coins from their engravings. So that's a pretty awesome collaboration and we made some amazing stuff um yeah so yeah engraving is a really cool place to start and you definitely would need less machinery or no machinery depending on what you wanted to spend um and i guess it depends on whether you're just interested in pressing a coin or designing a coin like mm -hmm. that's kind of almost two different sides of i didn't think of it that way yeah and you definitely could like make a sand a sand mold and like melt some aluminum cans and you know yeah, just see, I, do think one... that, I think that's a totally viable way to make oh, like your own little absolutely. coin you know that would be a cool like weekend <laughs> well that might be more than a weekend yeah. project for most people but <laughs> i you know it could be a one-off gift what's the melting type? point yeah. of aluminum you can melt it in a really hot campfire yeah mm-hmm. see you could totally make an aluminum coin oh yeah because you could build a little mini forge and, okay, we're not going to give people tips yeah. on how to do this, <laughs> no. but you will it wouldn't take something n- to hold the molten aluminum. Right. Just but there's some blacksmith people around. You could definitely get like a. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We know one. Yep. Alan. Interview coming out at yep. some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one day, Alan, I promise. Yeah. 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 Uh, He's ready. So, what are, like, as far as workspace here, it's, I mean, it's not huge. What are, what are you guys', what, like, rules for the shop? What's the number one rule? What's the number Number one one rule for the shop? Don't lose your fingers. (laughs) All right. Okay. Well, if you can't count that one, then you already didn't obey rule one, right? It's like, let's go on to rule two. (laughs) Rule two, be able to count rule one. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, so we have have the office, um, which is where we do our packaging and shipping, and then we have the actual shop, which makes the coins. So I feel like, you know, there are different roles out there because you're working with um, really loud machines. So obviously you got to wear ear protection and Mm -hmm. sometimes they're melting silver. So you got to wear your closed-toed shoes, hopefully. Like you do Do some people not do that? Who runs the HR department? 
the CEO. <laughs> the um, CEO runs the I HR department. I think HR is my mom. Um, Heather's our HR. HH, <laughs> H. Heather Hill. Yeah. Yeah. H H H R. Yep. TM, <laughs> Dang it! We're gonna get you a business coin. Yep. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> and it's four letters, so you could do it in a square. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, you're I'm you're also, always thinking I'm about designing coins. That's design. My first title when I came on three years ago was art director. Ooh. And then it was sales manager, and then it was CEO. I yeah. just gave. I think it's very cool that your dad, who arguably kind of founded the whole thing, was like, hey, I want you to run the business side of this. And Yeah, he definitely prefers to make the stuff rather than sell the stuff because that's just a completely different mm. world. So as far as the term goes, it's everyday carry. What is something that you carry with you every day? I usually have like a bag of coins. But I guess they rotate out because I like to give them out when I meet people. Mm -hmm. um, you will just have like bad coins that are off center or something. So I usually do try to have some Shire Post coins on me. Um, I don't know if there's any one thing that I make sure to have on me all the time. Aaron is just going to start a sentence. And you're just going to finish it. Right. With whatever comes to mind. Yep. Okay. I wish I could. Do all the things I wanted to do. You still have time, Ellen. Mm-hmm. I believe in you. Also, I'm pretty sure you're 23, so you have tons of time ahead of you. Oh, that's, I'm not, but thank you. 22? Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm 28. Well, all there right. You go. I feel like you might have some time to accomplish the things. What's one of the things you want to do? I don't know. I feel like it's a daily want. Like, I don't know. I just don't have the time in the day to do all the things I want to do that day. And then the next day, the opportunity's gone or I forget. Or, But I think that's a person with a lot of drive. Yep. You know, like, yeah. if if you had time to get everything done in the day, you probably don't want to get as much done as more productive people. Right? Like, it's not a bad thing that you have so many things you'd like to accomplish that one has to slide mm -hmm. off the plate. Right. Yeah. Well, I, think I guess it would it's keep that, you going, yeah. that editing, that, like, I'm very good at editing visually, but it's like editing in Personal, tasks. yeah. Oh, that's so difficult. What, what, it, mm. what, how do you prioritize A lot of times it's what has to happen. Um, you know, we need to get this coin out. We need to, like, get $1,000 in to pay that bill. All right, going to put something on sale. Or um, I've, I've been trying more and more to focus on, like, long-term projects, things that will take weeks or months or years. Um and establishing those schedules. But, you know, got to pay the bills every day, and new things happen all the time. Yeah. I mean, you're in, I think you're in a great spot if, you, if you're able to take some time to look at the long-range, one, two-year plan, mm -hmm. and, then, and 
then kind of break that down into, okay, you know, to get there are going to be these steps. And then to make sure the lights are on tomorrow is this step, you know, and like that, I mean, that, that sounds like a pretty healthy spot. And you guys are, seem to be growing, you know, mm-hmm. at this point. And so, yeah, a healthy place stability, to be in. like, would feel really nice. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's strange running. We're legitimately like a seasonal business because everybody does better around Christmas. Right, feast or famine kind of. Yeah. Um, so kind of figuring out what those years look like and being able to judge like, are we doing okay? Are we doing great? Are we doing really bad? It's it's hard to just like look at some numbers and understand that. Um, yeah, I think we are in a really cool place and there are a lot of opportunities that are that we have access to because of what we do like both being licensed and making custom things and being able to make our own designs and sell them ourselves or sell them to retailers yeah we have a lot of sales options so we just have to decide like what's either going to be more valuable or more exciting or more fulfilling or get us towards some other goal in the future and you guys just sit in the coolest spot ever of yeah. being the courier of bringing <laughs> the fantastic to reality. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a better place than that. It's pretty cool. You make actual dreams real. Look What I Did is produced by Aaron Dodson and Daniel Quinn. Sound design by Tyler Orsack and Daniel Quinn. Our digital director is Heather Hill.